What's up everybody, Mushi Lives here, or better known as Bobby. I'm here with some good friends today and we are going to discuss one of our favorite game series of all time, Silent Hill. Of course, I have our resident Silent, I was going resident and I'm like thinking Resident Evil. <laughs> I have our resident Silent Hill expert with us, uh, Frank. Hello, Frank. How are you? Very good, man. And then, of course, and then we also have our arcade captain, Gino, with us today. Howdy. And then we have the ultimate Mike, Mike Prime. What's up, guys? And as you can see, he has his um, Heather statue right there behind him. We He yep. had a uh, monster can right there, which was appropriate because she's going to kick the shit out of it. But there nah, it is. I don't want to. I don't want you to have to. Well, I'll, maybe you'll I'll get just, some, some. I'll just like... blur it out. <laughs> <laughs> no sponsorship for monsters, monsters. So we'll just blur it out. So um, Silent Hill, again, is one of our favorite series that we play, one of our favorite series in general, regardless of horror. It's not just our favorite horror series, but just one of our favorite series. And all of us have uh, participated in pretty much the main quadrillion of the games, plus some extras here. And today's focus is going to be on the Team Silent series of games, which would be Silent Hill 1, 2, 3, and 4. However, there have been other games in the series of, the, what was it? Um, I was going to say Homecoming, but it wasn't Homecoming. It was Origins, right? was the first follow-up post-Team Silent? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And that was originally for the PSP, but it was also released on PS2. Has it been released on any other systems? No, just those two. Just those two, right? Uh, that was later on followed up by Homecoming, which was it initially on the Xbox or 360? And it was released for both. And it was released it, for both. And then it got released on Steam some years later. Oh, so it's even a PC game as well. Yeah, it's actually one of the... I think it's the only Steam Silent Hill game. Okay. Yeah, and I haven't seen any, on, any others on Steam Because the, the original... Were the original 2, 3, and 4 were released for PC, but you can't find them on Steam or anything. That's correct. Okay. And actually, then... I, they just changed that. I, I'm sorry. GOG has Silent Hill 4 for 10 bucks. Really? And oh, it you just got released That's right. like just a few months ago because yeah, I bought it. Because you shared you know. that with me when it originally got released. Huh. That's right. Nice. So there is that version. But unfortunately, 2 and 3 are still uh, nowhere to be found. And you have to hunt and for those. you'll never see 2. You'll never see 2. Yeah. Um, we might talk a little bit about that because it does kind of run into the issues that they had with uh, the um, HD release yeah. of Silent Hill 2 and 3. But we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um. So after Homecoming, there was then the uh, what? What would you call you? I guess the the remake or the reimagining of Silent Hill: um, Shattered Memories. It, it it's a reimagining. It's not even a remake because a, a, a remake is is pretty much the exact same story. It's just updated with either like visuals or voice acting and stuff like that. So but, the reimagining done for the Wii and uh, later released on the PS2 and PSP, right? And also PS, it's Wii, PS2, and PSP. Okay, so for all three of those systems, but initially for the Wii, and um, and then of course then they were they were all released at the same time, so it wasn't initially. Are it you? was okay. Yeah. I'm gonna take your word for it. Um, and then of course, finally, everyone's not favorite Silent Hill, Silent Hill Downpour, which is uh, that was the last official Silent Hill game released, right? There has been no. Book of Memories was after that. So is Book of Memories considered part of the mainline series, though? No, it's not. Okay, so it's one of the side stories, right? Oh, I guess in yeah. a way that Shattered Memories isn't really part of the mainline series. So, 
So that, that's, that's Silent Hill games in a nutshell. Uh, but we're primarily going to be focusing on the Team Silent games, which I said earlier are 1, 2, 3, and 4. And uh, so with that focus, we're going to go ahead and move on to our first question, which is, which games have you played? Oh, I've played all of them. Except probably the Book of Memories one. Mm-hmm. But I've played all the main ones. I've played all the prequels or whatever, side story ones. You know, the Origins and... I played Shattered Memories, which is my least favorite in the entire series. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and, oh, and the arcade. I never played the arcade game. Cause oh, yeah, that's right. Or, or the Pachinko that. Machine. That's not a game. I'm not gonna I play. mean, that's not a proper game. I'm not doing <laughs> Pachinko bullshit. <laughs> but yeah, I played pretty much all of them. And Gino? Uh, yeah, I... Let's see. I played... I think yeah, all the the main four, played through all uh, the main four, um, all the way through, and then, um, I started, um, what is the the prequel, Frank? Origins. Origins. I started Origins. I haven't finished it. Um, and I also started Shattered Memories, which I actually uh, liked uh, what I played, um, and and I did do some of uh five i guess what they would uh homecoming some of homecoming which um was relatively decent but not to the same caliber as the first four i well i played like mike i played mostly everything uh i have not played the arcade i did not play uh book of memories of course, play through the initial four. I did play Origins. I did play uh, Homecoming. I only played a little bit of Shatter Memories. Shatter Memories was the first one that came out that I never finished. And it was all downhill from there after Downpour. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, Downpour, I just did not care for at all. Um, I played it. To me, it felt very clunky. And it was not a, an enjoyable experience i'd say i even though i disliked shattered memories more i'm totally with mike there i think it's the worst out of all of them simply because it doesn't feel at all like a silent hill game like origins is exactly what it is it's another studio that copied the formula of silent hill and so at least it's a it's a lesser clone of that of that gameplay and i'm okay with it like the story, uh, they completely messed up the canon, but you know, it wasn't done by the same studio, same team, or anything like that, not even in Japan. But you know, the parts that they get right, like with the enemies and some of the, the location design and stuff like that, like I thought that's what made Origins at least decent when it came to some of the games that came after the post that came after the Team Silent games. Homecoming, oof. It, it's actually kind of fun to play because the, the combat's a little better. The story has a lot of issues. It does not, like, to me, Homecoming does not feel like a Silent Hill game at all. But it's still a decent horror game. It's a decent game to play through. Um, but Shattered Memories, uh, you know, I've kind of mentioned it before when, when we talked about horror games in general. I don't remember which podcast it was, but where I called it the Runaway Horror which I don't like. I'm, I'm not really a fan of that type of gameplay, like modern stuff when it comes to like Amnesia or Outlast and stuff. I think it's 
cool, but it's not something that really makes it fun to play to me. So Shatter Memories, with all the changes in the story and the change in gameplay, I just it's my most disliked in the series by far. I mean, but then again, I never played Book of Memories. So I think playing a weird dungeon crawling piece yeah. of shit. Which for those of you at home, it is a dungeon crawling. Anyway. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be basically like Silent Hill version of Diablo, but it's very badly implemented. Yeah. Uh, it was not very well received. Um, there are other Silent Hill games in the series. There's some mobile games that we didn't mention. Um, yeah. That aren't really we never worth got mentioning. Those. Yeah, the yeah, I don't think those came to they're the in US. Japan and there's some in Europe. I think there's one or two released in Europe, but uh, we did get of... one here. We did get one here called Silent Hill: The Escape, and it was on iOS. Oh, okay, that's right. There was that one, uh, but again, Book of Memories is probably the one that that broke off from the typical Silent Hill style. Um. My experience with playing Silent Hills, of course, I've played through the first four. Uh, never uh-huh. played Homecoming, never played Origins. I, I played and finished and really enjoyed Shatter Memories. I'm the I'm the odd man out here. Uh, no, because Gino did too. Gino well, liked no, it. as far as enjoying yeah, it. I like Shatter Memories. Well, you say yeah, you like it, but you haven't finished yeah. the game, so you have to withhold your, your okay. cheering. Up. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> okay, uh, just really quick, Bobby, I got to interject. Homecoming is when they actually really changed the formula the silent hill games well yeah. but in in the sense that look if you look at all the silent hill games they still follow for the most part the general third person gameplay and where you're typically switching between worlds and you're dealing with uh monsters and things so in general they're still very similar i think we're with uh homecoming the big change of course was with the combat compared especially to the original four uh, whereas book of memories completely changed the for- formula is what I'm okay. saying. That's what okay, I'm referring yeah. to. Oh, okay. Then that, uh, yeah, that I agree with. It. But yeah. I was thinking about just like g- gameplay mechanics, combat and all that stuff. Like the biggest shift was started with and, and we'll talk more about this later because we are going to talk about the impact of the Western developers because that's the big difference here is Team Silent was done by the Japanese team and uh, all the other games since then have been done by Western developers. And so yeah. they have that Western aesthetic. Hence probably the, the greater uh, focus on combat. But um so I did really like Shattered Memories. I, I do totally understand Frank's stance about, you know, the running away because really it is broken up in segments where you're exploring and you're learning more about the story and the game. And then suddenly it's intercut where the world turns frozen and then you're chased by monsters. And for some people that don't like that, I personally thought it was fine. Uh, it wasn't great. It wasn't the best part of the game. Um, but it also it is also so different from the other Silent Hill games that it doesn't feel necessarily like a Silent Hill game. So for the game on its own, I really enjoyed it, but I also understand the perspective is like it does. It's not, you know, a typical Silent Hill fans game love because it's very different. And then um, Downpour is one that I played through as well. Frank was the one who first introduced me to it because he said he didn't like it. And then he loaned it to me. And so (laughs) I went ahead and played it and I played through it from beginning to end. And it was a very mediocre game. Um, I'm not going to get into the details. Just, you know, gameplay was not that great. Story was okay. Uh, it was fine. The water effects were beautiful. And when you would transition from the regular world to this now water world in, in Silent Hill, it was it was very it was very beautiful to watch happen. And the water effects were really nice, but the rest of it was just fine. It was meh. So it wasn't that great. And since then, we haven't really had, aside from Book of Memories, a, a typical traditional 
Silent Hill. And I know some of people are already thinking about, well, what about PT and, and Silent Hills that never happened? Well, those, those, you know, Silent Hills never happened. So, and we'll talk a little bit more about the possibility of future Silent Hill games, but to go ahead and move on to our first official question for today, Gino, what aspect of Silent Hill kept you playing coming back to the series? I'm really not quite sure because I love horror games, but the way Silent Hill does horror, which is really well, um, it's really unnerving to play. Um, so especially like when the first game came out, um, I, I remember that took me time to finish because I could only do so much of it because it was kind of, uh, this is like, you know, 99. It was kind of blood curdling uh, in, in, in a lot of instances, especially in that first game. So, you know, typically when something like that happens, I can't stick around, you know, or I'll have to do it over a really long period of time. Um, but um, I think actually I loved the story so much that, um, you know, I had to finish it, you know, I had to finish it. And so I, I did. And then, you know, you, you get into like two and you get into three. And I really think that uh, one of the strongest things about Silent Hill is, is the writing. Uh, typically, you know, video games, uh, even up to that point, and then still now, I think they're still kind of finding uh, their way, but um, the writing is really good. It's really good. I mean, sure, there's some some hokey things that, you know, they, they put in there, but it's, as a whole, it's it's done really well. And I think that's really what's kept me in. And then, of course, the characters, everything that goes in with the story. So um, that's what I would say has kept me. But yeah, I think those first initial four were there's nothing like them and there's there's still nothing like them in current horror in video games or prior to that so they're their own thing and i think it's it's really beautiful what they have you know yeah you know i totally agree with you man like uh just just how unique they were i mean especially the first two i mean because you know three was just kind of not necessarily more of the same but they already found that formula so they continued with it and then four was its yeah, own thing, right, which we'll kind of get right. into a little bit later. But it was just they were so unique, and they still are very unique. And uh, it's funny because I think it was James who he played it before I did, because of course I didn't have a PlayStation. And when he rented it, I think he said something. He was just like a Resident Evil clone, which is what it was considered by so many people because it had the same mechanics, but. I remember when I first played it, I was like, this is not like Resident Evil at all Mm -hmm, as far as everything beyond just the simple tank controls because there was nothing like it. It it, it was so unique in the way that it it handled horror and it it was so unnerving, that first one. And then with the second one, just that, that, I mean, you think about it, there was only a two year difference I mean, two and a half year difference between the first game and the second game. And I mean, the storytelling in the first game, I mean, I was, and I, I'm still kind of fucking dumb when it comes to, to the story. Sometimes I'll be like, I'll have to watch a movie or play a game multiple times to be like, okay, now I see what, you know, what, what they were trying to do. That first game, I don't even think I understood the story until probably like a couple of years later when I played it multiple times and I read mm-hmm. online forums and stuff. And I was like, Oh, okay. Here's the established timeline, and here's right. what was happening. Because I mean, I don't know about you guys, but the first time I played Silent Hill One, I did not get the story the first time I played through it, or even the second time. At least, not all of the details. Right. Because 
it's yeah i would say i, I did i didn't understand what was going on with the what they were trying to do like in ultimately with cheryl and like what she was and everything plus it has the multiple endings too so you're fighting a different boss depending on what you do in the game no mm -hmm. so I, I would say my first time through it i was kind of well this is cool but i you know i need to go back and see like well why why did all this happen this way or why did this one ending like i'm fighting spoiler alert but you're either fighting like a god being or a demonic thing depending on what you do in the game yeah right. so yeah i mean i agree too it was it's japanese storytelling man it's out there you have to like soak it in and watch it a couple times like at least us us americans have to like go through it a couple <laughs> times at least that's the way i feel <laughs> yeah well the funny thing is that just to go into the history a little bit is that konami originally they wanted to mirror uh, uh capcom's success with resident evil mm -hmm. so they were looking for a very b-movie hollywood style story to tell yeah. but you know uh all the all the team silent members that they had assigned you know they were they were all these they were cast offs yeah, yeah pretty much were... they people who yeah. failed at other yeah. projects or at least had not met the success that they had wanted so they're just like here this you know you guys go try this out and when they realized that they wanted to do their own thing and konami kind of wrote off the project that actually gave them a bunch of creative freedom to to do what they did and that storytelling it is japanese but it's also very western because yeah, it is. if you look at the characters and i think what makes it really unique too is that harry mason is is actually very effeminate he's you know this single father but he's a very soft male he's not like this super bravado like take charge like running around guns a blazing like no he's very He's very soft-spoken and he's just concerned about his daughter and and that's one of the reasons that like in the movie that christoph gans cast a woman in that role instead because essentially it's the same role you know the, the same concerned parent it's just it was very easy just to sw swap the the sex you know i feel that that's also the point because in resident evil you have like the badass cops that you know special stars forces whatever you're but in this one it's just a regular guy he's looking for his daughter he doesn't have any combat training or anything like to me he was a little bit more relatable as far as like in that story because i don't know he's just a guy looking for his daughter nothing special and he just gets into this surreal crazy situation in town when he gets there mm -hmm. and uh i like how in the game i don't know if this is on purpose but they make it a point that you're not a trained special forces person because when you're shooting at enemies he'll miss you know he's yeah. not mm -hmm. like he doesn't or, even if you're pointing directly at the enemy he'll sometimes he'll or the half and, hour it takes him to wind up and swing that <laughs> oh, pipe. Yeah. yeah that was that was totally intentional Mike. right yeah but, you know i figured it should be yeah um what's it called but you know and, and i think that's what you know at least what kept me going back was just the unique storytelling, mm -hmm. the, uh, how helpless you really felt, you know, yeah, like right. to me, that's like that, 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 that time, that early, uh, 2000s, late nineties, it's like the pinnacle of survival horror because that's when it was survival horror. 
Although I can argue at the same time that Silent Hill, the Silent Hill titles mimic survival horror, but they're not true survival horror because you don't really have limited resources. Yeah, true. <laughs> Dude, you can collect a ton there's, of ammo. And there's no limit on what you can carry. And there's no limit on what you can carry. But, but at the same time, they made it difficult for you to find things. I mean, you were always on the move because you were worried that if you stuck around for too long, you're going to get attacked by something. And so unless you knew the game, uh, you know, from the very beginning, you don't know the game. So everything's fogged up. You can't see if things are in the distance. You can't find items easily. And you're just constantly on the move trying to find your daughter. And, and you know, then they have the, um, the radio, right, that plays mm-hmm. every time or that p- plays off the static every time there's a monster yeah. nearby. And it's like, holy shit, there's a monster nearby. I need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And and I think that's part of the reason why, even though you can collect a lot of shit, at least in your initial playthrough, you're not going to be doing yeah. that because you're so worried about getting caught up and getting killed. And just that environment in general, again, the fog we've talked, well, we didn't talk about in this episode, but it's talked about before, tons of times that the fog was an accident, right? Or it was a necessity because no, no, of no, the inability yeah. to not be able to render things from a greater distance. So they added the fog in order to cover that stuff up. And it's one of the most important aspects of that game, which is why that uh, HD remaster of Silent Hill 2 is such a bust because (laughs) there is essentially no fog in that game. I mean, there is, but it doesn't work the way it's supposed to. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I mean, there are so many aspects of this game that you can fall in love with from from the storytelling and how mysterious it is. We haven't even talked about the music. I mean, the music in in that series is amazing. Uh, even with the later games that aren't part of from the Team Silent, because it was the same uh, uh, composer, and mm-hmm. um, just just great stuff all the way around. So, um, focusing still on the quadrilogy, the first four in the series. Um, if you had to vacation at a location, in, or if you had to vacation in one of these versions of Silent Hill, so for the audience, let's make it very clear that. Silent Hill in each of the games isn't necessarily the same Silent Hill, or at least the ones that the protagonist is involved in may not be the same version. Like if you go to Silent Hill, it may not be necessarily the same for you. But Mike, if you had to choose which version to vacation at, which one would you go to? Probably two, because I know that one the best, like from a map (laughs) standpoint. (laughs) I played two more than any other game. I don't know, 2 is kind of special for me because that was, I never thought they'd make a sequel to that game. And then when it came out, I was, uh, I borrowed Frank's copy and beat the whole thing on my own before I actually gave him back his copy. Um, <laughs> and I, I did the same thing with 1 also. I think I yeah. borrowed that copy also. Uh, but anyway, like I went through the entire town. I memorized every single road. Like if, if Silent Hill was a real place, I could literally walk. I'd know my entire way around at least the Silent Hill 2 version of it. Um, And Silent Hill 3, I think, utilize the same appearance of the map, too. Mm. Um, When you go back to it, like, towards the that part of the game. But I can't remember exactly if the layout was the same. Yes. It just, you were blocked off in certain areas. Ah, okay. But yeah, I I don't know. I just say, like, 2 just because that's the one I'm most familiar with. Oh, uh, makes sense. I mean, in reality, I wouldn't want to go to Silent Hill. At all. Like, <laughs> for for any kind of reason. Like, even if, like, you know, I was trying to find, get in contact with someone who passed away, I'd be like, well, you know, I mean, I'm sure they're fine. 
Uh, you know, there's those people that visit haunted places as, you know, a vacation getaway. Well, you know. Yeah, but this is Silent Hill, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd say, honestly, I, I'd agree with Mike just because to me, what makes one so special, like that version of Silent Hill is it's that bleeding reality. You know, it's they're like melting together and you actually see that that transition uh, when it um, like later in the game where you're like running along and then literally you see it shift from the fog world into the nightmare world because right. like there's the different versions of reality there's like the real world when when harry crashes then it's the fog world and then there's the nightmare world or other world whatever you want to call it but in two uh what's it called it's i wouldn't say it's less oppressive i but it's definitely less frightening uh after playing it so many times like between one, two, and three, because those are the only ones that you're properly playing in Silent Hill. Two is probably the safest yeah. <laughs> version because a lot of the enemies won't engage you unless you're within the vicinity. Mm -hmm. So if you keep your distance, like you're fine. Uh, as opposed to one and three, where they're actively kind of pursuing you a, a bit more. Right. Yeah, you got to strafe a lot in one. I remember like with the flying things. Yes, the air screamers. Yeah, one actually gave think, gave me more chills than like the other games. I think Sorry, I disagree Jesus. with both of you and say that uh, I would stay with one because I think there's a gas station and I think they would have gummy bears and Red Bull. So you know, I need two things to keep me upright most of the time, and those are the two things. So if I'm going to be chased. And like scared out of my mind, I need junk food to do it. So Gino's so, um, jogging along. <laughs> right, right. And and um, but I, you know, I'll agree with you too that um, I think one is the most, you know, one is really difficult to get through. Even now, even now, I know what's coming. I know what's going to happen. But playing it is oppressive. Still, I played it uh, last time. I played it. It's been a while. I played it actually um, on my arcade because I just thought, oh, that's a novel way to play it. So um, I played it on that, and I, you know, sitting on this seat for like eight hours, which was hell. But um, and it was still—I mean, this is twenty years after the fact, more than that, you know. Um, I guess this was about eight years ago, five years ago, something like that. But yeah, and it was still—I—it was hard to get through. So um, I'll agree with with you there, but. Um, but yeah, not two. You know, two two looks a little too run down. You know, it'd probably have like you know Mr. Pib and and, and that wouldn't work for me. It's <laughs> all the stuff that people don't buy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, one thing I, good I, and plenty. Who eats that? You know, not, not me. <laughs> well, they did have uh, what's it called? They had a happy burger, and mm -hmm. two like that's where you, <laughs> you see that. But it's true. Uh, uh, what, what kind of occurred to me is that uh, I saw recently like a YouTube video that was talking about Stephen King films and they brought up the Langoliers and I was like, I wonder if that would be kind of like Silent Hill where, you know, things wouldn't have taste or anything like that, you know, unless you were in a certain, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe. If you, but if you're talking about it from like a realistic standpoint, I mean, you'd be screwed because 
water and food. Yeah, like, probably wouldn't have anything. <laughs> but if like I was, right. a yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I figure if I'm in Silent Hill already, I don't have that much time to begin with. So <laughs> let's make it pleasant, you know, like <laughs> it, you know, I, you don't you don't really go back to normal after you go to Silent Hill, right? So if you go back. If you right. if you ever leave, so. yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of of mind hey. that I, I think I would stick with Silent Hill Four just because I'd have a, an apartment to go back to and lay down in a bed. That's and stuff not like Silent Hill. That's you not know, Silent Hill. Silent Hill Four but it's is connected the most to Silent Hill. It's connected, but it's not in Silent Hill. Yeah, but you can still visit Silent Hill and then go back. Hey, that was the first game that trained us how to like be in quarantine, though. Like, that guy can't leave his apartment you know it's a perfect situation That's true. technically he's never really leaving his apartment <laughs> oh man that was good that was fun all right so on to a more serious question uh which silent hill protagonist do you feel most connected to and why frank so uh usually in, in video games a lot of people do kind of see themselves in protagonists whereas like I said, I'm kind of dumb when it comes to stories. So I actually, a lot of times, I feel more like I'm being taken for a ride as opposed to feeling that connection. Uh, I'd say I'd probably feel most connected to um, to Henry just simply because it's like he's the the voyeur. You know, he's the one who's kind of looking at everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're saying you're a voyeur then? Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> And by voyeur, I'm like I mean, watching people through TV, yeah, because I'm like, I don't pay attention to my neighbors or people, I don't know. <laughs> well, there, uh, there is a part where he's looking at his neighbor through that, like, people. Well, yeah, and that, but, but that's the point, is that, well, uh, it's, it's more that he's disconnected from the world, and that's, like, when I'm playing games, that's actually kind of how I feel. I'm just watching people as opposed to, like, really in, invested. There's very few games where I feel like, invested in the sense that i identify with a character yeah or you don't, you don't imprint connect. any of yourself on them yeah i don't it's it's more i'm just it, it, watching as opposed to you know oh i feel that character's pain minus a few games you yeah. know so you're an active observer rather than taking the role of that character exactly yeah um but as far as you know like harry it was I would say I would identify him with him in the sense that I, that first game, I felt very lost and very overwhelmed by this oppressive place. I'd say the most likable protagonist, though, is absolutely uh, Heather Mason, just because she's got the most personality, and she was the first female that you play as, and and the, yeah, there oh, you yeah. go. <laughs> She's such a great character because yeah. you know she you really see is. her flaws, you see her emotions, you 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 uh, you sympathize with her, and at the same time, you I, at least I respected her a lot because the way she's reacting to a lot of those you know uh, situations are not ways that I would. <laughs> so I I would say she's probably the one I identify with the least, but I actually probably like the most. Well, for me, it's anyone that's not James Sunderland because <laughs> I, by the end of that story, man, <laughs> that guy's just insane. But uh, yeah, don't worry about spoilers. I, I think we're good. Yeah, well, 
I mean, he killed his wife, and that's why he's in there. Silent Hill. But yeah. uh, I'd say probably also Henry, just because kind of like what Frank said, it seems that like that would be how I would react in that situation with him anyway. Because from him, it's like just a way for you to experience the story that he's going through. And the fact that part of that is in first person whenever you're in the apartment is interesting. Because, you know, you don't actually see the character until, uh, at least I don't think so, you don't see the character until the first time you go through that that hole in the wall. The tunnel, yeah. Yeah. So, but he's like, he seems like a character who's genuinely trying to escape and figure out what's going on. He has to help his neighbor, like, later on in the game. So, I guess that would sort of be me in that situation in a way. I'd probably definitely want to try to, you know, figure things out and help anyone that needed help. Uh, probably, maybe also, uh, what's his name from the first game? Harry Mason. Harry Mason. Yeah, because he's just, like I said earlier, he's just a regular guy, and he's been thrust into this situation. Yeah. Um, well, I do like Heather a lot, but, uh, you know, yeah, I would not be as calm <laughs> as she is in some of those situations. I think that was actually a design choice for the first one, because the whole point was to imprint yourself on the character, which is why yeah. Harry's very neutral in a lot of ways. Because even... Uh, what's it called? Like his facial design and the cutscenes and stuff or it, it's actually, they're very soft features. Whereas if you look at some of the other characters, uh, I mean, they are that PS one for, you know, 3d yeah. style. But if you look at his, he has very soft edges. They're not very defined, but you look at like Kaufman, he's got a very strong jaw. You look right. at Lisa Garland and she has a very, uh, very a feminine distinct. looking face. And, and same, even with Dahlia, you know, she's got like kind of the pointed edges, mm-hmm. But yeah, they make them look the way that I think that they want them to, because Dahlia has kind of that weird, like, kind of like a grotesque almost, like yeah, kind of like uh, what's it called, like Wicked Witch, like kind of yeah, classic exactly. Disney yeah. villain look. Yeah, the uh, well, and they all those cutscenes were rendered by one dude, all of them. Oh, really? He worked on them for a year and a half by oh. himself after hours because if he had not done it. Then he would have would have had to get given credit to people who were just above him, and he oh, wouldn't wow. have gotten any, even despite doing all the work. So he said, "You know what? Uh, don't like. No, I'm not going to teach anybody. I'll do them if you give me credit." And they're like, "Fine, but you got to do it after hours." Mm-hmm. So a little bit of Silent Hill trivia for you there, because hey, I think some of those cutscenes are actually some of the most one of the most defining parts of that first game as it is. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, like the, the impact of the story and everything like that. Yeah, I hadn't seen cutscenes like that in a game until I played Silent Hill. I mean, I mean, I I didn't play Resident Evil at the time, but of course, those cutscenes that they had were either the game in-game character models or was a live-action stuff. But for Silent Hill to see those cutscenes like that, where you get these fully rendered models. I mean, I'd seen Final Fantasy VII on the PC, but, you know, those were almost always like black backgrounds and the character models were very plain and simple. And Silent Hill took it to a whole other level. And that, that those were really impactful. Mm-hmm. And also, when I saw that, that opening cutscene that plays if you don't hit the start button, mm-hmm. 
it's it's very much an introduction into what you're going to experience like it's not just like a resident evil cutscene where they show you all this action stuff right this is this thing is so has so much atmosphere in it and you're you it's just compelling to me because mm-hmm. i watch mm-hmm. that thing and i'm like wondering like oh like holy shit what is this like i have no idea what the story is but i want to know what it is because yeah. it's just mm-hmm. so interesting exactly yeah well, you know, and and that's something I was thinking about with this question too, is that, you know, the games are, at least for me, I don't know about everybody else, but at least for me, the, the games are much more about the story, not so much the characters. I mean, the character stories are, are obviously impactful, but like, I'm I'm not thinking about the characters whenever I think about Silent Hill. I think about the stories yeah. the most and more more importantly the town itself and how it's represented in each game like that's a priority for me so i think that's also another reason that i wasn't really like oh this character you know did so much for me and this and that i will say i do like maria because i don't know silent hill 2 yeah from silent hill 2 i i and it's not just because she's blonde but <laughs> um <laughs> I did not see it coming in that story that she uh, was going to be just like a representation of of his wife, Mary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I totally did not see the ending of that game. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else did, but that like totally shocked me when I got to that point the first time I played it. And I don't know if another Silent Hill game has done that as well. Well... Like, in terms of storytelling. I mean, maybe three, but... To me, Silent Hill one and three are kind of the same game, like in terms of story, anyway. Because well, they're because they're yeah, direct. They're, they're literally like tied to each other, right? Yeah, and that's the thing but, um, we haven't yeah. talked about that. Just like Silent, for those of you who don't know, Silent Hill two is really a standalone title from the rest of the games. Well, um, so is four really. One and three are yeah. really the only ones that were three is a direct follow up to one because uh, Heather Mason is the. Um, not she's not Cheryl Mason. She's um like the what 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 would you describe her as the um the good remaining part after defeating Samael? Is that the name of the, the demon Samael? Samael, yeah. Well, no, um, well, it's the Marcus Samael, but the I don't. That's know what they call it. Had a, no, no, no. The, the the demon itself was called. Uh, they refer to it as God multiple times. Because right. it's the oh, it's the okay. cult's god, yeah. um, the, Dahlia calls that the Marcus Mil, but it's actually the seal of Metatron. So okay. that's not it's not actually Samael. Um, we should I'll look it up right now, and we but, that but, we come back to it. The point is Cheryl is no is gone right because she recombined re I guess her the, the souls reunited right like, because she her, well not souls but her soul. Okay, so just to go back to it. Okay, so Alessa was the original, was the original soul, the original mm-hmm. daughter of Dahlia. When they tried to birth God through Alessa, she, she magically, because she had magic powers, literally, she split her soul in half and created this baby that popped up just randomly on the side of the road. And Harry and his wife, I forgot what the hell her name was, they found her, they cared for Cheryl. And then the reason that they decided to return to Silent Hill is because Cheryl, her soul, her half of the soul was called back 
by Alessa because mm-hmm. she was in constant torment and the only way she could get relief was if the souls were reunited. Yeah. And yeah, then the halves. And then that ends up causing the birth of whatever the demon's name is, right? Yes. And then so when yeah. you destroy it, you're left with Heather. Which is yeah, the new baby that was Yeah, yeah at the end of the game the Henry and uh, Sybil like are shown with like a newborn, right? Harry. Yeah. Or Harry. Yeah. Harry, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, really simple stuff, guys. Simple stuff to follow. I don't know why Frank didn't get it the first time around. Gino, you haven't told us what what character did you imprint on the most, if any? Uh, I'm opposite Frank. Uh, I try and disconnect from and project onto characters, but I do that all the time. And obviously, the most uh, the one that I think I I definitely identify the most with is Harry because he's like bumbling for the most part, and like uh, you know he can't. I imagine if someone put a gun in my hand, I couldn't fire it right. And, um, you know, his his run is kind of, you know, it's, it's not the smoothest run in the world, you know? So everything points to Harry for me. But um, I really like James Sunderland as a character. And I think I, I love this this type of character where, you know, typically he probably started out as a good guy because he that comes through in the story. Like, he's not... He's not an asshole. You know, he's he you can definitely see he has empathy for other people and 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 that's that's really cool. I, I'm I was really connected to his character. And when he does the things that he does, you know, you know there was like a string of things that led to it. And so there's this awesome like arc of like fall from grace. And I love that character. I love that character because it's like, look, I did everything right and still, you know. Uh, still, I ended up where I am, you know? Um, so uh, I think he's actually probably one of the most sympathetic characters of the whole uh, uh, mainline series. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. But I would, I would go, yeah, a close second to, to James Sunderland. So I would disagree on the sympathetic part because to me, James, well, and I to me, that's kind of the point where, you know, in the case of Silent Hill 2, the Silent Hill you're at is of James's own creation because of the guilt he feels. So for those of you at home who aren't familiar with the, the story, basically what it comes down to is James's wife, Mary, was sick. And he, as she died, you know, there's nothing you could do to help her except end her life. But also he developed frustration because, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, sexual references in this game. You know, you know, got Pyramid Head with that, I guess, semi rape scene with the with the leg things. Right. And then, um, and then you have the, the sexy nurses. And so you have a man whose wife is dying, who he can no longer have any kind of sexual interaction with. And so there's this pent up frustration, sexual frustration that's coming from him, which is and resentment and resentment where in a way he, he starts blaming her because now he can't have a normal life because she's dying. And so him killing her now becomes less him feeling sorry for his wife and more him feeling sorry for himself and wanting to move on with his life, which is why he ends up in Silent Hill. So for me, because he's made these choices, I don't find him sympathetic. I I don't know. I still do because I think, I think it's like, I think that's more true to life than, you know, uh, this, uh, un, you know, unflinching loyalty. I think that would probably be more, that's more real. 
Um, I don't, I'm not saying he's like the greatest dude ever, but I would definitely (laughs) say, you know, like if I was in that situation, I don't know if I would feel the same way, you know, like I would like to say, yes, I would not, but who knows? And that's, that's the beautiful thing about that character and that you can still have sympathy for him at the same time. But to me, where he crosses the line is the fact like, yeah, you can feel sympathy for a guy who's sexually frustrated because his wife's dying and he doesn't know how to deal with that trauma, doesn't have the support he needs. But then he takes that next step where he then kills his wife so that way he can no longer feel that pain. So he doesn't do it for her. He does it completely for himself. But again, I don't know. I don't know that that's true either. Well, I felt sympathy for him going up to that revelation. Right. And then once you realize that, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to say that I did or didn't feel sympathy for him. I was just so blown away by the revelation of that that I was just curious yeah. what was going to happen at that point. But that ha- that happened yeah. so late in the game that I would say that I spent most of the game feeling sorry for the guy. Like so, mm-hmm. I, I understand. I understand totally where where Gino's coming from. I just from yeah, my perspective, so knowing where he's what he what now knowing what he's done, it's very difficult for me to then turn back and find sympathy yeah. for this person because i wouldn't be able to identify right, with sure. him at that point because i don't i hope i wouldn't be capable of that level of like <laughs> but you never know so yeah. you know it's that's Un- the thing unlike heather who i you know honestly i probably felt more in in line with what heather was going through because she's dealing with all these things like i to me i think silent hill 3 is also an attempt at a um coming of age story where she's discovering who she is and learning about herself. And unfortunately there's all this dark shit that's been happening to her that she has no (laughs) control over. It's just suddenly she's thrust into this world and she just has to deal with the consequences and she comes out a better person for it. But I think now because I'm a father, it's very easy for me to imprint myself on Harry Mason because, Hey, you know, if one of my kids went missing in silent Hill, I would do everything that he does. I I would like to think I would do everything that he does in order to try to save my child. I'd hate to think that I'd be that awful, awful father, (laughs) but, um, that, that, you know, I I can look at it both ways, you know, Heather and, and Harry to me are the, probably the two, I'm not going to say they're the best written character. I still think James is, James's is the best and, in the story. Yeah, in terms of yeah. story, yeah, absolutely. Yes. But I probably connect was... more with those other two. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that if like if I were a father, my kid would be screwed just because I'd get like stuck in the school. I'd be like, where the fuck do I need to go? <laughs> Especially at the where? piano. <laughs> I'm like, what is yeah. this? What is this shit about birds and there's blood? Like, where do I need to go? Just why? Why? Why is there this lock? This oh, uh, wait, wait. Wasn't wasn't there a point like, when we were playing that game and we couldn't figure yes. something out? And, and we, there was and like we were, a door right there, and it, it took was us like hours. Yeah, it was in nowhere. And actually, we yeah. recruited James. We recruited James yeah. because James is really good at, at puzzles, especially during that time. And we're like, dude, because so in in this puzzle, was, yeah, there's there's uh like animals and stuff, and it had numbers underneath them, and. I thought it was like a much deeper puzzle than it was. So I thought it had to do with like Zodiac and stuff. So I'm like looking up like Zodiacs <laughs> and like the dates and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, because it had it had like Gemini and it had all this stuff. Like, and oh, a man, what the complicated ass description because it's yeah. a, it had this whole Zodiac themed thing that seemed like something you had to decipher. Yeah, exactly. And 
So Mike and I were like, what the hell? Because you have to, I, it's, you know, uh, three digits, you know, one through uh, zero through nine, and you have to figure out each digit. And it did have a character above each one. And I'm like, what the hell is it that we have to do? And, you know, I'm just, we're just kind of taking stabs. And, and James, I think he spent probably like 20, yeah. 30 minutes on it. And then he's like, it was oh, I think really it has to, he's like, I think it has to do with the limbs. Cause if you look, it's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, it's saying eight limbs and there's, you know, there's like two twins and it's like, oh shit, well, let's try that. And the only one that we really couldn't figure out uh, was the two dolphins. But it's like dolphins don't really have limbs because you know they have fins. Zero. So it's zero, and it's like, oh, that's all the puzzle. <laughs> no, that's all that's what I'm saying. Like if, if I had a, a kid that I had to go find, I'd be fucked. And so the piano. Like, Unless I you had James do. with you. I still don't understand the piano though. I do. I do. do okay. Yes. And it's because uh it it's 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 not so much the it's not which the color keys, it's more the order of the keys. Yeah. Because okay. The, it's a tale of birds without a voice where you have to figure out the order of the piano keys. It's obviously the dead keys that don't make a noise, mm-hmm. but it's like, it talks about a swan, a dove, a crow. And it's like, okay, so it's white or black. It, it was oh. just the order. Wow. Okay. That's the yeah, one that so probably I, took I, me the I, longest I, to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. And I it's still, because of the order. Should, I should have pulled out my, uh, actually, I want to pull this out for this video. If you give me st- stepping away hopefully i can find the box but uh i have a drawing of that piano in the instruction booklet taped to it with the order that i have to push <laughs> those things in because i could never figure out that puzzle well i mean i can yeah. edit it out so if you want to go dig it out yeah it's i don't know i'm yeah i can find it pretty quick i'll be right back Okay. Okay. Just, just continue. It's all good. <laughs> we'll wait. I, I wanted to add that that Frank, I would be a worse dad because uh, you would stop at the puzzles. I would stop at the locked doors. You know, there's so damn many of them in the school. I'd be like, you know what? Like, I've tried all these doors. None of them open, and the one that I can get into looks disgusting. I'm not going in there. So that's the end of it. You know. Sorry, yeah. Gino Jr. Yeah. yeah. Your but, wake will be, but, you know. Okay, so to go back to, to what you're saying, Bobby, though, is uh, about James, I still think he's very sympathetic. Uh, it, it's really just that one act, because up until that point, like all those things he's feeling were intrinsic as it was. But when he does do what he did, um, obviously that does push it over and that does make him guilty. But like his frustration was understandable because you do see with all the flashbacks and everything, how much he was trying to be there and take care of her, you know? And I mean, I wouldn't say that I connected with James the most. Cause like I said, I, I didn't really connect with any of the characters the same way you guys did, but I can understand his actions up until that point. And even the feelings that he was feeling. So I, I do agree with Gino in that sense. Yeah. I can, I can understand from that perspective. Just, I guess for me, for my, for my take again, I, I can, I can see a man getting frustrated, but then to, to be able to take the life of your wife, not to bring her um, comfort. 
but to mm-hmm. bring yourself your own comfort to me is crossing the line. And well, but I mean, don't forget, like she was fucking treating him like shit. <laughs> well, okay, she... then that's the part I don't remember. So, oh yeah, no, like literally, there's conversations, like especially right towards the end. Um, you can see that James is is very much uh, still trying, and, and he does care because, like. Uh, well, I guess I will just have to play the game for you so I can show you every bit of missable content because if, if you're not looking for it, there's actually a couple of conversations that you will completely miss. Mm. And also same with notes and stuff like that where you do see a lot more of James's frustrations and his psyche and also what he was doing. And, and also stuff that you probably just don't remember. Yeah, well, it's been so long since I've played through that game. So... But I mean, I'm always open to it. Um, I mean, that's what makes this game so these games so good because there are there's always more information than what you realize is there. You know, when you play through it, even multiple times, there's all it always seems like there's something else to find. But right, yeah. Well, I guess I'll have to dig through some other boxes because I couldn't find it. Oh well. If you were to visit Silent Hill, like if you were to go on vacation, like we talked about earlier. Which iconic monster would you not want to encounter? And we're starting with Mike on this one. Uh, this one's easy. I'll have to pull up a picture. Uh, it's called the Twin Victim, and it's in Silent Hill Four. Four, the one in the uh, tower. Uh, maybe and the in the Panopticon. Yeah, 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 that one. But uh, this thing just looks absolutely terrifying to me. I don't know why. It just. It's, let's see if I can get it, the picture good. No, it's Probably not good, not. but don't worry. We'll throw yeah. one up there anyway. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's basically got a, like, it walks on its hands. It's only got hands to walk on, but it's got two creepy baby faces. And every time you walk by one, it just points at you for a second. It's like following you and then it chases after you. Mm. And for some reason, that one creature like freaks me out every time. Um, every other creature, I mean, they're all pretty freaky, but I never get, like, even with Pyramid Head and some of the more violent creatures, I never, like, I always think if I were to meet Pyramid Head in reality, it'd be like in Deadpool 2 when he meets the Juggernaut, and he's like, oh, I'm such a huge fan of you charging at me with murderous intent. That would be me in Pyramid Head. <laughs> but, uh, but the, that twin victim thing is just, yeah, nope. I'd I'd be so out of there if I saw one of those in reality. Well, I'm going to pull mine from four as well, Mike. Uh, for me, it's the ghosts. Mm, I, yeah. I think. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And the reason is, okay, so I love ghost stories. And I think because they're kind of interchangeable as far as like demons go, which, you know, if they were real, they would, that's like, that'd be the most freaky thing. I mean, if, if it's something you can kill, that's obviously, that's going to be just slightly less terrifying because you can actually fight it. But the ghosts in Silent Hill 4, you can't kill. Yeah. The only way you can do is, like, you can temporarily incapacitate them, mm-hmm. or you can, you know, like, you have to get these uh, swords of obedience to where you, you stab them to where you pin them to where they're at. But I think that that's one of the best enemies in the in the first four games, which a lot of people don't agree because they're, they're, like, they're just annoying. But I think that as far as scary you know terrifying yeah i mean because they can chase you through multiple rooms right the variations on them uh oh my gosh they're they're terrifying 
And I do have a runner-up. The runner-up is the Creeper from the first Silent Hill, which are these oversized bugs. And they're the only enemy that, uh, what's it called? That they move a lot faster than you do. (laughs) And so you normally take a hit if there's more than one. And also they're giant bugs. And I think like the idea of giant bugs in general, like if I were to make a horror movie, I would have to make at least a horror movie with giant insects that move really fast. And no. I don't think they set off the. I don't think they set off the alarm to the radio that you're wearing. I don't. I think they do, but they move so fast that it probably takes a little bit before it really uh, comes up. Because as soon as you enter a room, they go right for you. Yeah. Actually, I know you're supposed to like turn off the radio and turn off the light, but huh. or at least to avoid uh, enemies. That's actually a way through the first three games that you can avoid some enemy encounters. Oh wow! But I never tried that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, because I want to see where the hell I'm going. <laughs> I wouldn't want to turn off the light in that situation. Well, no. I guess it depends on... Yeah, but you have to turn off both. So that's a kind of scary thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, but see, that's another design choice. But, oh man, those ghosts... Because also, when they, get, when they get close to you, you take damage if you don't have a Saint Medallion on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I can see that. Even, even if you're not scared of the actual... like. In terms of gameplay, whenever those things show up, it's nerve-wracking. Mm-hmm. And I do kind of like that you can get the swords to pin down certain ones. or uh, It adds a bit of a strategy to it a little bit, because you kind of have to plan if you're going to do that. Yeah, which one? Plan. Yeah. But like one of the things is like when you're running up the, the staircase towards the end, and there's ghosts just like floating up yeah. coming after you, it's, it's, it's scary. <laughs> It's just like the Ghostbusters <laughs> original video game. I scared. <laughs> what about you, Gino? I disagree with you all again. Um, because. Well, you're forget, not agree with us. Forget you're the monsters. Your opinion. Oh, yeah, yeah. Forget the monsters, okay? Like, we're, you know, we're all. I'm surrounded by assholes, you know, like everyone that you meet in these fucking games, they're all assholes. And then to top it off, you know, you, you're just trying to find your way, right? You're like, man, how do I get to the gas station? Because it's, it's like, I can't get there. Oh, look, here's this guy, you know, and they won't give you answers. They'll just give you riddles, you know? And so it's like, it's like a fast track to hell. And so, uh, yeah, forget all the ghosts. I mean, you're just going to keep seeing that shit. You're going to be desensitized to it. But these assholes, man, an asshole's always an asshole. You know, like, so that's my, you know, the oh, monsters man. are the people, man. You know, That's a good point, though. A lot of the people in these games, with the exception of, like, maybe Lisa or... Uh, Lisa and uh, who is the one in the second game? Kills herself. Angela? Well, she didn't Angela. Angela. But Angela's Um, had a trouble. Yeah, I mean, she's not a monster or anything. She's just, that's a product of what's happened to her all over. You know, like, what am I going to do? I'm going to go traverse the streets with Kaufman, you know? No, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, like, Kaufman's an asshole, definitely. Eddie is. Dahlia. Dahlia. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. They're giving mass again. Oh, she's going to speak again. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I, is is not an asshole. You actually have to protect her. And she's uh, 
I mean, she's a little antagonistic when you first meet her, but that's because she's, you know, in this situation that she has yeah, no Mar- idea. Yeah, Maria is isn't bad either. Oh, Maria. Well, Maria's no. Old, it says Sybil, though, right? Wait, what? Hold on. Oh, Sybil. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Sybil. 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 It, it's it's mostly like two and three. I, I I would kind of agree with you. Yeah. I mean, well, two four, especially. Four's got some some shitty characters. You know, it's well not shitty in, in terms of what's it called quality it's more of the the, ty- the character yeah. themselves you know like richard yeah. braintree you know the guy oh, who yeah. falls out right. of the sky and goes Ouch. right <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i forgot about that yeah remember when we were playing it and george just starts cracking up <laughs> <laughs> well that, that kind of fall would hurt <laughs> he, t- he took it like very well there i think for me trivia? Oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say. I think for no, me, you, it would be it would probably be the I don't even know I don't even know what it's called, but the the four legged mannequin or the mannequin legs that have the other mannequin legs on top. Oh yeah, and yeah. Silent Hill Two. Uh, yeah, and I think it has more so to do with their motion because their their movement is so erratic, uh, especially those top those top legs because they're just swinging like it looks like randomly. They're just called mannequin. Yeah. You know what? One thing I'll I'll give you, and I think uh, that's kind of a a great thing about the character design, though, is that, you know, they don't have eyes. They don't have any sort of, like, ears, any any sensory organs that we can perceive, but they know where you are. Like, that's really unnerving. Yeah. Yeah, this is terrifying. Yeah, I was just actually reading, like, uh, I didn't know Pyramid Head. Supposedly, apparently, Pyramid Head has an eye and a tongue. He does underneath, yeah. and and uh, allegedly you can see it in gameplay. Like the tongue yeah. will come out if he grabs you. I'm like, I don't think I've ever been grabbed long oh. enough for, to see it come yeah, out. Exactly. So that's something I'm gonna have to look up and see if I, I can find evidence of it because I had yeah. no idea. I'd never heard of it before. But um, as Frank was saying earlier, yes, we're gonna go ahead and do our trivia now. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to set up this trivia and share my screen with you guys. You are going to need your cell phones or you can use your computer because uh, you are going to log into a site. Pop quiz, hot shot. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Hi. Well, I guess there's no ladies here. So gentlemen, are you <laughs> ready to Kahoot? Let's do it. Who composed the soundtrack for a majority of the Silent Hill games? Got two answers in. Yeah, to be fair, a composer would not be incorrect. (laughs) Two. And Daniel Licht was a composer. Yeah, but he but was only he a was composer. He was in the majority. On, um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. For but which one Book was of Memories, it? Book of Memories, and Downpour. Oh, he also did Book of Memories. I thought he only done yep. Downpour. Okay. Nope, he did both. And in the lead is War Was Begun at 9:35, followed by Ween Dude, and then at the end, Chino. 7-Eleven. Hey, 7-Eleven. <laughs> okay. 
who what or what does pyramid head represent to james sunderland uh fascination with conspiracy theories geometry course how he sees other men failed geometry course or guilt I would say I wouldn't say necessarily oh, guilt, but I know. Wait a minute! I didn't realize fascination of conspiracy theories was an option. I thought I'd turn that one off. Apparently, you guys could have got still got it right. Yeah. Oh, nice. He actually represents uh, judgment more than guilt. Well, that was, I guess that was yeah, just my opinion. Oh yeah, because he's literally he's literally a judge. Like that. That's there's like a whole thing about it. Gotcha. Yeah, so get it right next time, Bobby. I'll just, I'm just going to have to cut this whole part out then. I'm just... <laughs> Who lived in room 302 before Henry? The Sullivans? Joseph Schreiber? Ah, shoot. And Eileen Galvin? Or Eileen Galvin? The Sullivans? <laughs> well, I guess you, I guess I was more going for right before him. But I Wait, mean, which, which right. one's correct? Yeah, because I was thinking okay. right... Initially, I was thinking the same thing right before him, but then uh, this question I borrowed from another one, and I looked it up, and I was like, oh, yeah, well, they had lived there before. Okay, yeah. That's why I thought I had gotten it wrong, because I literally thought about that, and I was wondering. Well, anyway, I, I got it right, so I'm Which enemy was censored, removed, and overseas localiza localizations of Silent Hill 1? Oh, shoot, I don't know this. I'm going to guess. It was the Grey Children. I don't remember the reasoning why. Frank, do you remember the reasoning why? Uh, violence against children. Oh, uh, I guess they're, they're, that should have been obvious. They were replaced with the mumblers, which mm -hmm. uh, which had the long claws, which you, you, they, they do make an appearance in the first game, but in the sewers, like just that one area. Right. Who is the biological daughter of Harry? Or Harry Mason, I forgot to put his last name. And the correct okay. answer is he didn't have one. That is absolutely oh, yeah. correct. I... <laughs> I'm the one that cut this I one. I... I saw the I Gino. can't win game. Well, it looks like <laughs> Wars Begun is running away with it. I'm like the... the... What is the go? name of the monster yeah, that is... murders Harry in yeah, Silent Hill 3? Like... Oh, you... Okay. Oh, shoot. Okay, if you play Mario 64 and if you lose the lead against a CPU character at a certain point, they become unbeatable. And I'm, I'm that I'm that CPU. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's it. That, I was going to say, well, the, the game's pretty loaded, you know. And I'm I'm losing it now, man. Oh yeah, Gina moved up a spot. Wow. All right, final question. Why was Pyramid Head in Homecoming? In hopes of earning more money, fan service, service to the fans, to please the fans. Oh, shoot, I clicked all on the... Correct. All <laughs> those are correct. They I'm an are idiot all correct. I, I literally clicked on the Discord answer before I clicked on the... <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, of course, everyone got points on that one. That was more of a bonus I question. Won. So, Ween Dude was in third place. Second place, we got Gino... And in first place, with no doubts, war was begun. Thank I you, gentlemen. Thank you, gentlemen, <laughs> for playing our Silent Hill quiz. Your prize. It's a race. I win. <laughs> <laughs> Your uh, prize is uh, my uh, my complete respect for you. 
until <laughs> next episode, which will I will have none. Nice. All right. Let's go ahead and get back to these final questions. All right. <clears throat> so coming down to it, we got two final questions. These can uh, go more in depth. They're less about the game and gameplay series as a whole and more about uh, what went wrong and uh, what we hope for for future games. So question number six, Team Silent, as we all know, is responsible for the first four games in the series. Since then, Konami has enlisted outside developers, primarily Western developers, uh, or actually completely Western developers, to keep the series alive. But this has unfortunately resulted in the decline of the series as a whole. Now, who do you hold accountable for this decline? Gino. If anybody. Uh, I don't hold anybody accountable, but... I will say that uh, I honestly think with Silent Hill, unless you have a story, first and foremost, if you don't have the story, you don't have it. Um, and uh, two, kind of just diminishing returns. You, um, It's really hard, I think, to keep a series as strong, keep it as strong all the way through. It's really hard, unless you have... You know, a dedicated team doing it every time, that same chemistry, that same, you know, it's kind of one of the, one of the reasons I think something like Metal Gear stayed so strong all the way through because it had this same, it had, you know, it's, the brain was the same, you know, and then what fell around it was, you know, uh, the, that dedicated crew. Um, what, you don't have that. You don't have the story. That's where we're at, you know. And I don't know that that you can reproduce like the the amount of um, fear that they've already done in the first four. I don't I don't know how many times you can replicate that. I think for me it's going to be the movie. I credit the movie with the downfall <laughs> of Silent Hill. <laughs> You're probably <laughs> right. And I didn't hate the movie. I actually enjoyed it, like most part, for what it was. Anyway, I My thought they did a good job the but it was from that point on i think homecoming was the next game that came out around that time that that movie was released or maybe right origins origins yeah. oh yeah it was origins but that's when i started seeing like iterations of pyramid head in in all the games or at least in those two games i mean it was the butcher in origins and then it was pyramid head but in his movie form in homecoming and to me i don't remember if there was a reason for him being there I think that was literally just because he was in the and that's when I started seeing Silent Hill start to be more like a franchise than just a story based thing that was created like the first four games. Yeah. Now now it's just like okay, let's see what, how many times we can how many games can we make? What can we throw in there that fans like and yeah. you know, they try to monetize it. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I, I agree with Mike. It's uh, kind of the same thing with what happened with Resident Evil for a little bit after the movies came out, where it's like we, we gotta have we gotta have backflips. Like, you know, why not? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but with the movie, like they really obviously Homecoming was very influenced by the movie design as far as because it, it, it muddied the waters. I actually blame two 
entities. I blame Konami, obviously, because they're the ones who decided to disband the group because, you know, they weren't too happy with the numbers and they wanted to change it up and they wanted to, you know, they wanted to send it to Western developers, which was the first mistake, period. That, that should have never left Japan. It needs to go back to Japan if they're ever going to do it again. Um, and secondly, the fans. Because uh, to me, like, the criticisms for Silent Hill 4, I understand, like, oh, well, you're just playing, you know, half a game, and then you just, they just doubled it up. Like, okay, fair enough. You didn't like that, you know, you're playing through the same worlds twice. I understand. But... You know, they took a risk. They did something different because fans were already complaining, oh, well, well, Silent Hill 3 is considered by a lot of people a very huge step up, but it copied, you know, the first two games formula um, with the scares and stuff. So, you know, they wanted to change up that. So, uh, and then fans kept supporting this Western developer stuff, me included. So I'm at fault because it's like I'm just wanting any sort of Silent Hill media. Uh, Origins, you know, like I said before, it wasn't terrible, but it definitely wasn't as good. Uh, Homecoming is really where it dropped off. But they, what they what they did wrong with those two games, especially, and even to an extent, Shattered Memories and even Downpour was that they tried to copy the formula from two. It's like, oh, this person has this guilt, and there was something tragic in their past, and that's why they have to go through this stuff. I mean, yeah. like, it's one thing with with being directly connected to the town, which would be uh, Cheryl and Heather. James was called to the town by, uh, you know, with what he did. And then Harry was just an unfortunate bystander who got caught up in where he lived, you know. But everybody else who, like, went to the town, they just happened to have tragic backstories. I think. The original team kind of knew that because you had Silent Hill 2, and then you had Silent Hill 3. And Silent Hill 3 doesn't deal with the same themes that Silent Hill 2 does. I mean, it deals with the same themes Silent Hill 1 does, obviously, but it was a continuation of that story. I wouldn't even necessarily say the themes. I think I agree more with Bobby because of, uh, as far as the coming of age, because it's not just... Mm, True. It's not just her like looking for anything. It's it's literally her having to go through these, you know, the uh, the maturity. Also, there were other themes of of womanhood and stuff like that in yeah. that game. But my point is that they didn't try to copy Silent Hill two right away. It, yes, that didn't start happening until it started being westernized. Exactly, and because they saw the success of the second game, then it's like, well, we can just copy that formula. You know, I will actually argue that if you were to take those away, I think Origins and Homecoming would have better stories because Origins, the fact that it's, if they had, of course, lined it up more with the canon and he just happened to be a trucker without the stupid Silent Hill 2 influence backstory... Same with Alex Shepard, if it was because I don't think those are bad stories. I think what they did to get that influence to in there, like kind of shoehorn it in, is what caused those stories to be kind of cheapened, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because I didn't hate yeah. the games. I didn't play Downpour, honestly. But, uh. Oh, pff, not even I, worth talking about. Yeah. But I played, uh, 
Homecoming and Origins all the way through. Mm-hmm. And I didn't hate them. I just didn't think they were as good as the first four. Yeah. Well, but to they me, they weren't bad. Well, they just weren't good. Eh, I'd say, uh, no, I'd say even Origin is not even not good. It's it just, it's just okay. It's, it's definitely one yeah. I would actually say, yeah, you should play it. Just try it out. Homecoming, I would say, no, not, not as much. Uh, for the reasons that I mentioned, but also yeah. because. What's it called? Because it was so visually influenced and they muddied the wall. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So a reason, another reason I blame the fans is because so many fans love the movie that that's why they're like, the movie was such a success. We're going to use those elements in the games. And it's like, oh, man. So even fans these days, especially if they started being fans after the movie, they're like, oh, you know. Uh, Silent Hill, the game, was based on Centralia, Pennsylvania. It's like, no, it wasn't. Literally, they say in the movie that that's where they got the influence for that version of Silent Hill, and that's exactly where it got its origin. In the original game, they literally say in the cutscenes, I can't believe it's snowing this time of year. Like, it's snow, it's not ash, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't like what the movie did to the franchise, because then it changed everything like in every game i'll say that um the kind of kind of what i was saying before but like because you know silent hill one is a hateful game like like downward spiral is a hateful record um (laughs) uh, and, and it's but what's beautiful about it is it's that extreme it's that extreme and so you walk away feeling just disgusted you know uh, and I would say that that carries. That carries from one to two, less with three for me. But four is just God. I mean, by the, by the time you're in four, it's so it's so oppressive and it's so just disgusting in in how it makes you feel and how oppressive it is. How are you going to do it again? How are you going to do it? How much more can you push it? Well, you know, you know um, but. That's my, you know what, like, because Bobby had mentioned PT earlier, and some people, a lot of people, a majority of people were excited for it, and I was one of them, but some of the more purists were like, well, it's not even Silent Hill anymore, and I'm like, you know what, but they're taking it in a direction. What they've done in the new directions that they did take it in were just more derivative of what came before, so I would like to see it in this completely brand new direction, and if I hate it, I hate it. If I love it, cool, even better. But, you know, with them trying to repeat so much of it before, it's like, I want to see something new. I don't want to see Silent Hill 2 remade over and over again. We are starting to to hit on to our next question. And uh, so I'm not going to stop the conversation. You guys continue. So uh, but just for the audience at home, you know, we've talked uh, we've mentioned earlier that, of course, uh, uh, Hideo Kojima and Guillermo del Toro were put in charge of rebooting silent hills so to speak and they start out with the pt demo and now there's rumors abound that konomi is supposedly working with hideo kojima again to try to get it off the ground nothing to my knowledge has been confirmed yet no. um but this brings us to really the next question is so what would you like to see in a new game which uh which has kind of been addressed but i think what you guys are really talking about is what you fear will come to pass so let's let's start talking about that in more detail. What is it that you want to see in the next game, and what are you afraid of? I think I'm good. 
I think I'm good. I don't want any more. I really don't. Because, you know, it, it, uh, I think the only thing, the closest thing I would want is if, you know, they, this isn't going to happen. So they would like bring back Team Silent and they would uh, just remaster one and two and three or the first four games. And that would be enough for me. I think that's that that encapsulates all the highs and you could see it like in HD or whatever. Um, anything else, it's just going to be this unless, you know, yeah, like PT, PT was so brilliant i mean it really was and i would really love to see what they could do with that but at the end of the day i think i would still be disappointed um pt did not disappoint let me get that straight but um you know i would rather just forget the glimmers and just say i already had it so whatever you can give me that will just make me let it, let me play it on modern consoles i'm good so let me let me point something out that Gino is talking about wanting an HD uh, re-release of the first four games. The difficulty with that, which we experienced with the HD uh, collection on on PS3 and Xbox 360, the source code is incomplete. Uh, that was a problem with two, and I think also three, where the yeah. team that had to do that HD collection literally mm -hmm. had to fix. The missing sort or replace the missing source code in order. So, so Konami. I mean, we come back to the previous question: with who do we hold accountable for the failings of Silent Hill? Well, for me, it's Konami. Konami's the the one who holds the rights. They're the ones who are responsible for maintaining their their system. Um, I, I I didn't put in any questions, but I I pulled up you know lifetime sales numbers of these games. None none of these games. Uh, has broken a million sales as far as that's copies. not true. Silent Hill Two, right. it's now at a million. Silent Hill Two, yeah, hit, uh, greatest hits, and I think what? the lifetime sales for Silent Hill Two were two million, if I'm not mistaken. Granted, it is but, across multiple. Okay, platforms. that's that's what I was gonna ask. So, even that million is on one platform, or is that still across multiple platforms? I'm so, uh, because the first one I think hit a million because it became right. Gino, didn't the first one hit a million? I think so. I think so. Okay, like where, over where the are you getting your numbers? Where are you, where are you getting your numbers? Uh, so there's a couple websites where the numbers are slightly differing. The one I'm looking at right now is a GameFAQs site. Uh, okay. And they have links to where they got their, their numbers from. But they're okay. showing lifetime sales for the original Silent Hill to be just over about 850,000. Uh, for Silent Hill 2, only on PS2, they're showing it to be about 600,000 between 600 and 650,000. That does not seem right at all. Okay, well then if it's not then we need to find better numbers because Yeah. What well, the one thing I okay. do want to point oh, out. I, well, hang on, yeah. let me finish here, guys. No, yeah, I was going to say uh, the, just, the one just, thing I do want to point out the, the whole point of this is that Silent Hill 1 and, and Silent Hill 2 sold well. I mean, even those numbers are not there's they're not bad numbers especially for the amount of time they put in the games at the time, right? Um but the po the point is with Silent Hill three and Silent Hill four, there there's been a decline in sales, which it totally makes sense for Konami to break up Team Silent if they're no longer able to output a game that people are willing to buy. I understand that, um, and then by sending it to Western developers, they like I I agree with Gino that if they're gonna do Silent Hill right or really any game series right, you start it off with a team, and you let it go and you let it sell. And unless it does horrifically bad, you allow that team to continue what they're doing so they can get better. I mean, look, Team Silent kind of got lucky with the original Silent Hill because they filled 
the, well, I shouldn't even say they filled a void. They created a niche that we didn't even know existed, right? There was nothing really like Silent Hill up to that point. Um, some people might make arguments otherwise, but I, honestly, I disagree. Not not bringing all those aspects of it together. And uh, But nowadays, we have so many developers who make horror games that are influenced by Silent Hill. So no matter what Silent Hill game you make, it's always going to be up against what these other people are doing. So Konami's problem is that they need to allow this game a chance to flourish and allow a development team to try to build multiple games. Now, are they going to be willing to do that, make the investments? Konami's obviously showing that they're not willing to do that. And so if that's the case, well, hang on, then that's the case. And I agree with Gino that, yeah, Konami should allow the series to just let it rest until someone's willing to come up and bring them a deal that, that satisfies Konami that they can then move forward, whether it's a Western developer, a Japanese developer. But anyway, okay, sorry. Go ahead, Frank. Just one thing. Wait, oh. wait, one thing. I also meant more like give it to somebody like, you know, if you can, if you can include as like on the side, all of the original members as like, um, I don't know, uh, touchstones, you know, they could talk to them. But I would give it to somebody like Bluepoint and just do a, a total remaster, but following all of the tenets of what they did in one and two with no, uh, with nothing extra, nothing extra, just all the points, no, nothing, nothing added. What, what, what did Blue Point do? Jeez, um, uh, they've done like Dark Souls. They're supposed to maybe oh, be doing okay, Metal okay. Gear. Well, yeah. they also did the Shadow of the Colossus, from, didn't they? I thought From Software did Dark Souls. Oh, they did Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no. So Blue Point did the remake for PS5. Oh, or the, okay. the new remake that just came out recently for PS5. Oh, Demon PS5. Souls. Okay. Demon, Demon Souls. Souls. Yeah. Okay. Demons Souls. Demons Souls. Souls. Okay. Uh, Dark yeah. Souls. I'm sorry. Whichever one it is. Yeah. Demon Souls. Yes. Okay. So one thing. Okay. The, the only reason I, I wanted to bring that up is because uh, there's the the rumor for the past year has been that there's actually two Silent Hill titles in development. One is a soft reboot slash remake. It's it's not confirmed, but it'd be taking it back to the series origins. And not not Silent Hill Origins, but you know, just back to the roots of si the Silent Hill story. And then the other one would be a uh, a title that's more like Until Dawn, you know, where it's it's more that interactive media. And those are the two rumors. And the, another rumor is that yes, some of the original members of Silent Hill, uh, Team Silent, are working on at least the original reboot title or whatever. That's the rumors. Yeah. I don't know. If that's true, I would like to see just what they come up with on that reboot slash uh, remake, whatever it is. What I'm afraid of happening yeah. is, first off, I feel like Silent Hill has already lost its identity, especially starting with the movie, and then every game after that. Like, even the Shattered Memories, which was supposed to be a reimagining of the first game, did not even feel like a Silent Hill game to me at all. And that's, I think, what I, why I had such an issue with it. Homecoming didn't feel like a Silent Hill game. It felt like a generic horror game. So did everything that came after that. But I, I actually would really like to see an Until Dawn-style Silent Hill game. Because the story itself, if it's a good story, then cool. I don't really need this huge interactive, like, uh, you know, action sequences and all this stuff. Let me just go through the story then. I, you know, I, I'm still, you guys know I'm a big fan of point and clicks from the days where they, they were, those aren't traditional gameplay 
uh, elements that we see on consoles very often. Mm-hmm. But I would totally be willing to, to see that and just the story develop. And I think it would be really cool to see that. That might be a good medium for them or like gameplay. Because I remember on, Until Dawn, granted it's not a game I replay a lot, but uh, I liked the way that they basically put you in the role of like a, a horror movie like character. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, Silent Hill could work very well in that because a lot of the tedious things in Silent Hill, I mean, I love the story in this games, but a lot of the walking around and the gameplay walking. isn't anything yeah, that I know about. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And right. in, a, okay. in an until dawn setting, it would, it would eliminate the need for that. I mean, you'd still have to, you'd still get to walk around and explore, but it'd be more of a, you know, it's a different type of gameplay. <laughs> and I think it'd be a little, all of the horror elements would be more impactful at that point. Yes, um, exactly. I mean, it's got, we have the technology these days, you know, and, uh, well, I'll get into it uh, with the next question, but it, it it just be a lot more cinematic, which is what they were actually going for kind of in the first game as it was. So yeah. kind of like what they did with the Resident Evil remake, how how much they almost perfected what they intended to do, what, you know, uh, Shinji Mikami was intending to do with that first game. That'd yeah. be nice to see them do that with kind of a more streamlined gameplay element um, you know, with the same set pieces. I did want to kind of add, like, as far as what I would, I guess the question is, like, what I'd want to see, right? Or Right. What is it that um, you want to see, but also what are you afraid will go wrong? Going back to kind of, like, I love PT, and I was so excited for, for that game to come out. And I would say that I want to see that. A part of me does, but to be honest, like, Storyline wise, I am, I am like probably ninety percent sure that Death Stranding was a more broad story of what he was gonna do in PT anyway. Like if you were to condense everything that happened to Death Stranding into a smaller package and with less walking. <laughs> well, a lot of the the just like the elements of Death Stranding with like the other world and those creatures and stuff yeah. like that. Well, not just that, but if Gino's the I don't know how much of Death Stranding Bobby's played, but Gino and I are probably the only two that have played the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say, and I would all say the characters it. in there, all the characters in there feel like they should be in the Silent Hill game, like, like a horror game or a Silent yeah, Hill game. Totally, like a horror game, Silent Hill game, maybe a horror game in general, but they would all fit. Like the whole way they told that story, in my opinion, I, I think Hideo Kojima took whatever he was planning for Silent Hills and just turned it into Death Stranding. I, you know, I, I've heard that, and also from what you've told me, I think I can agree with that. Oh, another thing I really don't want to see is I don't want to see an actor be more like take take the I... like. When when they had the reveal at the end, the Silent Hills trailer, and oh, it was like yeah. Norman Reedus in, and I'm like, I don't give a fuck about the actor <laughs> who's playing the role. Yeah. Like it's net, like I told you guys, it's never been about the characters for me. It's been about the stories, and it's been about the town itself. Like I don't want them to be like, oh, Zac Efron, you know, or fucking whoever the you know <laughs> who's popular at the moment. I mean, I don't, and Norman Reedus is a great actor, but I'm not playing it for him. 
He's yeah. not a draw for me, and I don't want him to get the press that should be for the game. You know? Oh, I agree. And to be fair, if you play Death Stranding, it took me a long time to to call him Sam Bridges instead of Norman Reedus because yeah. of the advertising. And I think that kind of sucks because he does do a very good job, in my opinion, in the game. A lot of people criticize him, but his character should be the way he portrays himself in that game. And if you if you want to get the voice actor, you know, if you want to get a famous yeah, exactly. Like they didn't actor. need to do the likeness; they could use the exactly like like what they do. Voice. Yeah, with Kiefer Sutherland in Metal Gear exactly. Solid Five, you know, like that. Yeah. It's like if you want to get a big name, cool, but the likeness, no, like that yeah. that drives me up the wall. Yeah, I agree totally with that. Well, but they did that with all the characters. All the characters look like the the real world actors to a point. I mean, uh. I forgot what her name is. Mad Mickelson and who else yeah. is in it? Ah, uh, shoot. What was her? I can't remember the the woman's name. Uh, Agile. No, the who? actress. The actress. Oh one. yeah, Z- S- Sadu or I don't know. No, 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 it's not Fragile. It's uh. Oh. Amelie's. Oh, uh, Lindsay Lindsay Wagner. Oh, yeah, Lindsay Wagner. Wagner. So Lindsay clearly Wagner. that. She doesn't look like her real world self right now. She looks like her real world self, like way when like she was much younger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I guess that's kind of the point. That's what I'm worried about. I guess if you're that part, I don't want them to do that. You can, you know, make your own characters' designs, unique designs that don't look like anyone oh, from the yeah. real world, and use all of those famous mm-hmm. actors if you want and. I think that would be more impactful than just having Norman Reedus. And even the game has the real actor. It says like Sam Bridges, Norman Reedus, like like when as they're introducing all the characters. Right. And you can do that. That's fine. Just I don't I don't think the motion capture thing was necessary. At least not in the sense of making them look like the actor but okay but i guess my my thing is i don't understand what you guys have against it like you're saying you're against it but i don't understand the reasoning like it, takes what me does out it, take away? it completely takes me out of it it's all about marketing and it really yeah. makes it a monetized in, soulless thing in hideo kojima's defense at least it's far. not about marketing for him because he's been a guy like if you look at his biography i mean the guy has been inspired by <laughs> films for years like he wanted to be a filmmaker yes. i totally so, agree with that and but being inspired and literally saying this big actor is here, here's the marketing for it. Like it just seems like you're just selling a product as opposed to making like art. Okay. So, you know, there's been several Japanese games like Yakuza games and, and back in the um, shit, where were the samurai games uh, from on PS2 from Capcom? Um, Jean Renault, the, yeah, well, Jean Renault is the oh, one. Yeah. Onimusha. Onimusha. Every one of those actors was based on a real Japanese actor. Now, we didn't know that at the time, but knowing that now, does that ruin the experience for you? No, because... Well, they're, not, they're not Norman Reedus. They're not the star of Walking Dead at the time. Anyway. So, I mean, if it's a well-known actor that you don't happen to know, then you don't care. You just care about the fact that it's because it's a recognizable face for you. No, no, no. But even not so... Even that. Look, 
but being based on a character and even using the likeness is not the same as Norman Reedus in because of the marketing. And also, no, like, I will say, hold on, hold on, let me finish really quick. Okay. Plus, they didn't with those like Onimusha and all those games. They didn't advertise it to the extent that they did with like Silent Hills and with Death Stranding. Not here in America because we don't know those actors, but in Japan, well, and, it's different. And more to the point, and more to the point is that the, the marketing itself, like if they're if they're doing the opposite in Japan to where like they don't really care about Kiefer Sutherland as much as here. Like Kiefer Sutherland was not the selling point, and even though he was you know they did say hey he's going to be in it it wasn't the same as like promoting it the way they did with death stranding or silent hills like that to me just detracts it for me and that's what i don't want to see so whether or not they did that in japan for the onimusha games i sure as hell didn't see that marketing and that's something that did doesn't bother me but if i was in japan and i was a japanese guy i'd have the same issues like i don't care that it's based on this dude i mean like, uh, okay, so like Metal Gear Solid. Obviously, very obviously, heavily inspired by Escape from New York with Snake, you know, Snake Plissken and Solid Snake. But that's, you know, that's more of an homage because he still made him his own character. But it, I wasn't thinking, oh, this is just Kurt Russell. This is just Kurt Russell. You know what I mean? It's not the same. Well, I, I understand that. But again, okay, let's say they make a Silent Hill game and it has fucking tom hanks in it because they want an everyman as the main character and you recognize tom hanks but if it's an incredible fucking game you're are you going to avoid playing it or are you going to be angry that he's in it because simply the because he's in there i mean what to me you're you're complaining about the marketing purposes but we're here to talk about whether the game's viable right whether it's a good game whether it's worth playing or not I mean, the purpose at, of marketing is to get people to buy the game, right? Yeah. Isn't that the right yeah. company's right to do that? So why do you need to be, why does that need to be detrimental? Well, I'm just saying, you're asking, what is it that I don't want to see? Now, I'm saying that's something I don't want to see. I mean, if it's a good game, I'll still play it. Absolutely. Okay, so that's the part I'm trying to get to. Because to me, I was hearing it as if they have this style of marketing, I don't want to have anything to do with it. No, it, it just, for me... That doesn't make me want to play it more. Okay. That's what I'm so trying to you're say. just saying that type of marketing would not appeal to you, but that doesn't, doesn't mean you would turn away from the game. Absolutely not. Okay. I, I bought, I bought, you know, fucking book of memories and that thing looked like a piece of shit. So, <laughs> I mean, granted I never played it, but that's because I never had a, a Vita. And then when I finally did get a Vita, I had already sold the game, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, you know me, I'm very particular about everything. So something that'll work for one, you know, even one game, if it's used in another game and I don't like the way it's presented, then it's something I'm not going to like, you know, I, but I, I can tell you that I've never, ever, ever bought a game because I was like, oh, this actor is in it. I have to buy that game. It's never, ever been a selling point for me. And even like with Until Dawn, I bought that game and then I realized afterwards, oh shit, it has all these big actors in it. But it was also because of the way that that game is played out because it's more of an interactive movie. And I'm like, well, it makes sense that they cast all these big actors and they did the motion capture and all that stuff. So I would say... just... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. Well, it'll be quick because my point about that is a little different. And I get that... I mean, shit, fucking Death Stranding had this shit. 
the, the entire game. And uh, I get the marketing point, and I get why Monster was in there, because all the big actors. I have a problem just with the fact that it wasn't until the end of the game that I stopped calling him Peter and started seeing him as Sam Bridges. That The fact that he was so big at the time did take me out of the game a lot because I kept seeing him or his Walking Dead character or his uh, Boondog Saints character in my mind for a while. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't do it. I'm just saying I would prefer that they didn't use the likeness just to keep help me like stay in the story that they're trying to tell. By the end of Death Stranding, I was fine because I had gotten to know the character in the game and I understood who he was beyond him just looking like Norman Reedus. But probably not for other people, but definitely for me, whenever I see real-life people in a video game like that anyway, it sort of takes me out of the out of it. See, the one, yeah. what you're talking about reminds me of... Um, so when, when people read a book, you know, they have this projected image in their mind of what characters look like. And when, when they make yeah. a movie of that book, then those characters get replaced by who they see on the screen and you can never go back to what you originally had. It's so I, I can understand it from that perspective because you, we play games for escapism, right? We we want to get away yeah. from reality. And by seeing those actors in there, that kind of sucks you back into reality when you're trying to get away from yeah. that. So I can understand it from that perspective. Me personally, I, I don't care as long as it's a good story and it's a lot of fun. Because funny. again, I view them all as actors and they're portraying different people. But we all yeah. have our different opinions on that. So I guess for things like that, especially with Death Stranding, you have to kind of see it as both a game and a cinema because mm -hmm. that's clearly how it was written right now as, as if it were an actual movie with a lot of walk i mean it segueing a little bit but there are certain people that you never see them as the characters because they play the same character at least have the same traits like will smith yeah. will always play will smith like yeah, yeah oh he's a, he's a doctor or he's a you know, a, a cop or whatever. It's like, no, Will Smith is playing Will Smith just yeah. with a different name. And different he, I mean, even same, like to me, like Will Smith is, he, he's a, he's a good actor. Like he's an entertaining actor. He's one fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like if they were to put Will Smith in a game, I would not be able to see anything except Will Smith. Yeah. And yeah, I think, I think it's important. Like you said, if they put an actor in there, it depends on who it is. You need someone and, who can actually act. And with Norman Reedus, he's a good actor, but he doesn't have a lot of range. Like I've never seen him like to where he's playing a lot of very different characters. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like all of his characters have always been kind of gruff, kind of, you know, tough guys and stuff like that. I've never seen him in a, in a, in a very typecast breaking role. And I think, the same thing would be with like Death Stranding. If if it was a different actor, I might have a different opinion. But even then, it wouldn't be it wouldn't change the fact that I don't like that kind of marketing to begin with. But I know I'll I just I'll, I'll, go ahead, Gino. No, no, I just I'll make one quick thing. Uh, just that I think Death Stranding is the furthest thing from like marketing soulless. Uh, I I think it's. I think it's one of the best video games that's come out in the last 15, 20 years. I really do. So 
Yeah. And I will say for a minute, I kept seeing Norman Reedus, but I would say about a couple hours in that was, that was gone. So that's all I'll say. <laughs> well, like I want to save more. it for the Death Stranding podcast that we're going to have. You know? <laughs> so that'll just be me and you, man. Yeah. Well, I that's mean, it's, right. it's like I said, I mean, it's obvious in, in uh, Hideo Kojima's version of Death Stranding or his vision that it was always intended to be, to bring a game closer to cinema. I mean, look at Metal Gear. Metal Gear those cutscenes have always supposed to have supposed to reflect cinema in some way or another, uh, even with the ridiculous stories at times. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, it makes sense. He does it. And then I don't think, I don't feel at least to me seeing the marketing for death stranding that they only marketed based on who was in the game. Even, I mean, Frank brought up um, until dawn. I don't ever remember them marketing the actors in the game. It wasn't until no, I played the game. Saying. Yeah. It yeah, wasn't until not... I played the game. So I get what you're saying about that from the marketing perspective. Um, and so that, that I don't argue because if they were to throw, you know, Will Smith in a silent Hill and then all the advertisers, Hey, Will Smith is in high silent Hill. That kind of also leads to the idea that maybe their gameplay and storyline isn't holding up as well either. If they're only, you know, you know, Pushing, marketing yeah. this one side of it, you know? Yeah. So, and, and I get that, of course, that's, that's the biggest fear that it's going to become a big market thing. And that, and that's the issue with, with silent Hill that, when when Konami releases a new Silent Hill game, which we know will eventually happen, if they only push the game in name only and we see very little else from it, then you know you're going to be worried about what comes our way. Um, but hopefully, hopefully we'll get something that is reminiscent. Like, I, I, I love the original Silent Hill games, but I don't want to play another Silent Hill game ever again, <laughs> gameplay-wise. <laughs> I want something that's been updated. I want something that matches what's new. I want to play a Silent Hill game that plays like Alien Isolation. I want to play a Silent Hill game that plays to a certain degree like Dead Space, probably a little bit less on the combat. Um, I want to play a game that of Silent Hill that's like Until Dawn. Because really what I want to see is I want to see the psychological horror that comes from being stuck in a place like Silent Hill. And to me, Silent Hill doesn't have to be the same location they did that with one and three and of course four was based on parts of silent hill but it wasn't all the same silent hill and of course two even though in, in this the town is in town by name it's still different variations on this place and it's, there's no it's reasons. not though it's it's different sections it, oh different sections of the town yes okay. so the original the original is north silent hill and that's uh there's the, that's the residential and the tourist part and then on the southern part of the lake is where Silent Hill 2 and 3 take place, or at least parts of Silent Hill 3, called South Vale. And so that's more of the historical part, which is why it has a historical society and stuff like that. So it is all the same town. Now, where where they go off the rails is like uh, in Origins, it's like, well, you have parts of the original town, but then there's this section that you didn't really go to, even though it's not on the map. And then Downpour is like, completely unexplored parts of silent hill it's like okay this is a small resort town so why the fuck is it so spread out yeah but i mean in that in their defense it's because they're trying to expand what they're doing and not keep themselves beholden to what's come before now in their well, case I, it I didn't work that. well but also but it's like it's supposed to, the what they started with is it's supposed to be a small resort town they could even use a storytelling device saying that well He's experiencing his version of Silent Hill, which is why it's different. But then they're like literally saying, this is an unexplored section of Silent Hill that you've never seen before. 
And it's like, well, then it's no longer a small resort town. You know, it's just, that's what bothers me. But I understand why they did it, but that doesn't excuse why they did it. But again, that's not the reason why you dislike the game, because there are several other reasons to dislike that game. I mean, if there's, there was a good there's, game... There's literally every other reason to yeah, dislike that so, game. <laughs> so let me put it this way. If it was a good game, except for that one thing... Then that it'd be not, more forgivable, of course. Yeah, that's not something that you're going to ignore simply because of that one i don't know one one change that they make yeah so i mean i think ultimately if we're going to get another silent hill game we're going to have to accept the fact that you know a company is going to have to reimagine things and change things up or like gino said if it's a reboot or if it's a reimagining that obviously it's going to look different and that makes sense yeah and i'd be okay with that yeah i don't have an issue with that again to me silent hill isn't what's in the town it's what the town represents for whoever's there yeah and to be honest i guess more what would scare me is not marketing or whatever it's more making a lame-ass game that's a piece of that obviously but because it's come before pt got me so hyped and then they canceled it if they're gonna do it you know release the game I don't want them to give us uh, some kind of like, oh, this is coming, and then three years later they cancel it. Like, give us, t- start telling us about the game the year that it's going to be released. Yeah. That, well, then, yeah. then we now we're talking about issues where they announce games too early. Yeah. And and the Matt. only reason I bring that up is because of PT. Well, so, what was yeah. that, Frank? I said Metroid Prime Four. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> True. And Bayonetta Three. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's all. That's all, right. all I got. Well, it looks like I'm very slowly turning. My home is turning to the other world here. Yeah, it's gotten too. very dark. <laughs> now you can now you can see my lighting. Now now we can appreciate it. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I I think we've gone plenty on long enough about Silent Hill. Uh, there's definitely plenty of more things we didn't like. Frank said we didn't even start talking about music at all. I mean, we could just do a whole episode just on uh, Akira Yamaoka's yeah. music for that series. It's, it's good. Are we still going to do the uh, last question? What We already did the last, last question. question. Oh, I well, thought the, the last favorite, question was... Sorry, the question. favorite games in the series. That's what it's... Yes, I was going to close out with that. <laughs> I thought I thought you meant there's another question between that Oh, one. shit. So, I forgot about that. Uh, before we do close out, we do have one final question for you all, and that is, what is your favorite game in the series? Uh, I'll go ahead and start just to kick it off. Um... I, th- I think it's an obvious pick because it probably is most fans' uh, favorite Silent Hill, and that, that is going to be Silent Hill 2. And as, you know, Silent Hill 1 is the one I fell in love with that brought me into the series. But to me, Silent Hill 2 realized everything that they were trying to do Silent Hill 1 with Silent Hill 1 thematically, and uh, and especially with their storytelling. And then they took it to a whole new level. They Like Gino mentioned, storytelling back in the days, uh, even in the PS2 and even the PS3 eras was was still pretty lackluster. It wasn't really until this this most current generation where storytelling has really been taken up, up a notch, where it's very cinematic and the stories are written by people who have experience writing stories and they can do voice, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, motion capture with the voice actors. And they've done some really amazing stuff. I mean, a uh, uh, God of War is such an incredible game because of how well it's written and how well it's acted and how well it's motion captured. But 
like Gino said, everything starts with a good story. And I think Silent Hill and Silent Hill 2 in particular were um, some of the first games I played that had excellent thought-provoking stories that you could look like as, look at as a person. Like I love Final Fantasy VII, but I can't I can't connect with any of those characters. They're, they're all fantastical characters, right? But Silent Hill, I can definitely see the the human turmoil that those people are going through and understand the difficulty they're having. But that that's my take. Silent Hill 2, my favorite. Yeah, I already said this before, but Silent Hill 2 is definitely my favorite as well. And it's because of the writing in that, in that game and how impactful it was when I played through it the first time. And out of any of the Silent Hills, with the exception of Heather, I think all the characters in Silent Hill 2, even the enemies, like the other people you encounter, all of them have interesting backstories mm-hmm. that you slowly find out through the end of that game. like And complicated ones, especially with Angela. And yeah. uh, I think they just put so much attention into the writing in that game that it was just... It's still, to this day, my favorite game to play through. Um, I'm going to go with one. I love two, but I'm going to go with one just because it's it's like... Again, it's so hateful. It's like a it's like listening to a Swans record at like you know the top volume, and it's so visceral and hard and just terrifying. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'll, I'll go with it just because there's nothing else like it. There will never be anything else like it um, ever, I think. So I'm gonna give it to one. Nice. All right, so I'm gonna cheat like I always do. <laughs> And let me tell you what I uh, I will tell you my absolute favorite game first, which um, Southern Hill Downpour. Shatter memories. I actually, <laughs> after revisiting this this multiple times, because I mean, like when I first played two, I would have agreed with Mike had I not played any of the others. Uh, for a while, for a long time, it was four, but now I actually agree with Gino. Like, in, in, in proper retrospect, that first game is what changed so much about the way I looked at video games and especially horror video games. Because uh, those oppressive environments, like the, the sound design, the, the cutscenes, the, the, like everything about that game, it's a very flawed game too. Like, absolutely. It's got a lot of problems, but if anything, I think that it it was just so well executed with those flaws that it's just amazing at how terrifying that game still is, as Gino was saying. It is an oppressive game. You play it, and it's just it's it's still a great horror game and yeah it looks like shit by today's standards but um growing up when we did and experiencing it when we did actually i i I disagree i don't think it holds up as well like if i was in you know so you know kids these days you know thinking about like teenagers because teenagers and above is going to be more who's going to be looking at the games for that kind of stuff i don't think they would enjoy it as much not not compared to something no, like anything right. on the PS2, um, but that first game, I I don't think 
anything has had more of an impact on me than that first game. So I will say the first game. Now, the second game, I think, has the best story. It has the best soundtrack. And I think it actually uh, has some of the best character design, especially when it comes to the enemies and the psychology behind it. Silent Hill 3 has some of the best scares because though like they pretty much took what they built with 2 and perfected it. So a lot of the themes in Silent Hill 3, the fact that they continued the first story and the fact that uh what's it called? that it was very very scary to play that third game. Like you play, if you played the third game, especially right after the first game, they have that horror still right in there. Yeah, I, you're right. And then four for the art design. The art design alone just elevated uh, the visuals for me. A lot of people, you know, think that the art was the best in three. And I can see why, and I can agree with it to an extent, but the the ghost that like that's where i think the japanese horror was most prevalent yeah. uh most yeah, prevalent and I that's why that. i loved it and those those environments and like one of my favorite areas in all of the silent hill games is when you go to to find elaine in the hospital or eileen i'm sorry eileen in the hospital and you have to go to the each like each of those rooms to find which one she's in and just what's in each one of those rooms is visually just uh, unsettling. And it just makes you really wonder more about that world. And that's one of my favorite parts ever, just going through each one of the rooms because it has, you know, it has like a, a figure behind a sheet and there's all these hooks hanging from the wall or another room where it's the giant Eileen head who's staring at you mm-hmm. or another one where you, you see, uh, what's it called? Like a figure across in another building. And it's just, I, I love all those little things that make you think of how much more is out there that you don't see. So yeah, I'd say one is definitely my, if I were to put them in order, I'd say probably one, four, two, three. I agree with you on four. four. Four, like, I've, I've played through all the Silent Hills on my own except for four. Four, I got to a point where I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore because I, I, I would get nervous playing it just because of how much everything unnerved me. You know, the creature design, but especially the environments because I feel more than any other Silent Hill, they were probably varied more. Because you kept going to different parts of Silent Hill. And so they gave them an opportunity to really vary the environments that you're participating in. And they 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 were all twisted and they were all disgusting, even when they were supposed to seem I mean, that's the thing. They 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 were normal but not. And then the deeper you got, the worse they became. And whereas with the other Silent Hills, you know, it would be normal, sort of, and then then it would just be this very dark version. For four, it was much more gradual, and that's why when you suddenly realized that it was something was wrong, that's why it was more nervous because you didn't see it happening while it was coming, and that's why that's why I could never finish that one. And that that I've only seen the ending of that one because you've played through it for us before. Yeah, for me it would be two. This is my favorite. It'd be two, one, two again, and then. 
four and then two a couple more times. <laughs> and then three. And then three eventually. Yeah. I'd say honestly, it's funny because a lot of people think that three is the best in the series. And I think out of the original four, it's the one I like to play the least. Yeah. I, me too. Yeah. It's not a bad game. I, I like it. It's just I never revisit it. Well, now I think we really have talked out Silent Hill for today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know we could go on and on. Well, um, this is only part one. We're gonna have to do a revisit in a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, right? We'll have yeah. to redo it again. Maybe Recess. that's what, maybe that's what we should do every season of our podcast. Just rehash the same series every <laughs> year. Well, there's always new questions. <laughs> um, Frank, I do want to ask you this. I, I meant to ask you earlier, and then um, I forgot to bring it up. Just you know, the conversations have gone so so good with this podcast the kinds of things we discuss we have such varying opinions on things but you had mentioned earlier that you think silent hill needs to go back to japan why because they're the ones who did it in the first place and, and that's why it was good <laughs> um i mean western developers so here's the problem the problem with trying to market to everybody is that then you're not marketing to anybody you know they did that with Resident Evil 6, which is actually one of the best selling in the, in the series. But they tried, you know, they're trying to make it all action-y because they're trying to get, you know, the action crowd and all this stuff. You know, they made a niche with that, those first few games. They made it artful. They made those stories impactful. The Western developers either tried to mimic that, tried to uh, do their own thing, which just did not work. I mean, obviously, I mean, and what I mean is like with Shattered Memories, um, I mean, that they, they did their own thing and it just didn't work. It just. Um, but wouldn't, wouldn't some of those implications, or not implications, but wouldn't some of those requirements come from Konami itself? Like, this is what we want you to do because we want to market to a wider audience. Yes. Yes. That's exactly why I said I blame them first. Mm-hmm. But um, are there are there no Western developers you feel would be able to do horror Silent Hill style? You think it's too much of a Japanese style game, even though yes. it has Western influences? Western influences is not the same as being developed by a Western studio, though. I mean, like maybe, maybe uh, the studio that did like the Amnesia games and Penumbra, like they might be able to do something first person like Silent Hill, because obviously they have like, have you ever played Penumbra? Where it's okay, so I recommend actually playing those games. Um, they are very much about, uh, you know, in, in an area that you're not recognizing, and there's monsters after you, and there's a lot of like sound design and stuff like that. So mm. I, I wouldn't say they're not uh, directly influenced by Silent Hill, but there's a lot of the same characteristics I think that could work. And then same with like Amnesia, where it's very much the psychological horror. They, I mean, they could do it, but I, I, I don't think it would have the same spirit as the originals. And in all honesty, if I were to go back to Japan, they would have to get some of those original team members mm-hmm. because uh, horror has changed so much, especially uh, with technology and what they're able to do with it. So, all right. Well, before we close out, any other anyone else want to add their two cents to anything? She was like, "I'm done." <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. First yeah, I'm, four I'm games good, are yeah. amazing, though, so if you haven't played them, I would recommend them. Just be patient. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I know I said earlier I wouldn't wouldn't ever play, and what I meant is I, I don't want to play a new game that uses that same gameplay, but I would definitely go back and play those originals. Yeah, but uh, highly recommended as well, the uh, Silent Hill 2 Enhanced. Is that what it's called, Enhanced? Yeah. Enhanced Edition. Enhanced Edition yeah. for... But that it's, is amazing. It is for PC, so even though we do not condone uh, pirating, if you can get your hands on an actual physical copy of silent hill 2 for pc which you can't <laughs> you, you know can. i mean you can but it'll cost a lot but you can. um if if you get your stimulus check that'll definitely help um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the, the silent hill 2 enhanced version for pc is incredible they did a really good job uh, expanding it and it's definitely the best way to play silent hill 2 hd rather than that hd collection and we will be streaming it sometime in the future sometime in the future so thank you guys for uh, chiming in today. Really appreciate the time you took. Uh, Silent Hill is a very beloved series amongst uh, members of the OC Gamer crew, not just these three gents, but quite a few of us. So we do have very strong opinions about the game series. So thank you guys. Uh, we will be back. I'm actually not sure what episode we're going to be doing next. We're going to finish up the SNK episode. But... Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. We'll be back with more. Trust us. Definitely look forward to more of those uh, top three NES games. Unless this comes out after we're done with those, then go back and watch those. So anyway, <laughs> good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Good night.